Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to GCP. This time on a Sunday with the one and only Chris Wilson. Hello, Chris. Hello, Andy. How's it going? It's that time of month again. At this time, what's definitely the best way to describe it because it's as painful as imagine as um, yes. Fucking, this is a rough month, isn't it? Great American Bash season. I'm not being funny as well, but I don't think this is even the roughest month we're going to get through either. No, we still uh, got Bash at the Beach and New Blood Rising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I seem to remember the road to Halloween Havoc is pretty ropey as well. So uh, thanks for that vote back in December, everyone. Couldn't you pick the Weed of Breath 2003 instead? That would have been nice. It would have been, it would have been. It's been a struggle, this one, definitely has. Um, but before we do get into WCW, um, I just wanted to ask um, a big TNA fan, 20-year-old. Um, Today, yes. Yeah. Happy TNA Day. You know, sod for fathers everywhere in, in the UK. It's TNA Day. I, I honestly can't believe they made 20 years, in all fairness. I've done a hell of a job. Through many guises. Hmm. Yeah, at this point we have done. But yeah, they survived, what was it, seven years longer in life than ECW, oh no, than WCW, 11 years longer than ECW existed. Yeah. Yeah, but in all fairness, for TNA, well, the Impact Slammiversary uh, we're getting tonight is a far different beast compared to some of the iterations we've had of TNA over the years. Absolutely. Yeah. No Jarrett. No. It, to me, it isn't TNA without Jeff Jarrett, but you know. Um, do you still keep up with um, TNA nowadays? Um, they're one of those where I've always like watched it for several months and for no particular reason stopped watching it again. I do actually intend to watch Stormiversary. Oh, obviously it's on tonight. Um, I won't be watching it live, anything like that. I'm not that much of a masochist, but uh, I, I'll be checking that out. And then what will happen again is I'll start watching it again for a while and then I'll just drop off again. I think I think my watching of it dropped off when our free trial on uh, Impact Plus ended. Oh yeah, the the seventy two month free trial you managed to bag. Yeah, yeah. No, as soon as that ended, I just I fucking sacked it off. Um, yeah, I think I think what what doesn't help it is it doesn't really have a TV deal over here. It doesn't now. You have to pay. What was it? One ninety nine a month on their premium YouTube channel to watch it over here. Yeah. Or you can watch it on Impact on the Impact Plus app, which I'm not sure if it's still the case now, certainly a year ago. It was, was shit. The, the most broken app I have ever encountered in any sort of app, you know, it, its usage, never mind like streaming video or anything like that. That app just did not work. No. Yeah, as a viewing experience, it wasn't good. And you would crash every time you'd, you'd try watching Impact. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind, but it wasn't that bad a nap when I was watching all of 2006 Impact for some reason during lockdown one. It, was, it worked perfect fine then, but then they did an upgrade last year, and now I don't even think... Oh, there certainly wasn't a, even a search feature on there. So you could still technically watch old Impact on there, but I don't know how. And unless you wanted to watch the latest TV, that was it. You're pretty much fucked. You've probably got a better back catalogue on the new, on the YouTube channel than uh, mm. <laughs> Impact Plus. He's got some of the 2010 Hogan stuff on. To this day, I don't know why they don't have that era on. 
the rumor I've heard is that Spike TV bought the rights to that bit when TNA were in the shits a bit. But why would you just buy 2010, 2000 to 2013 TNA? What use could you have with that? I was thinking, so surely it must have been on like like someone on Billy Billy's put it together. But you know, I know Matty Edwards was looking for that aces and eights thing, and it like took took a while for someone to actually hmm. dig that out. Um, if someone with more time and money than me wants to do it, if you want to set up a special Google Drive and uh, download all of, all of them from uh, XWT, then uh, be my guest. Yeah, send me yeah. a link. If you're listening. Yeah, we could actually actually do a run through of 2010 TNA. Mm, I mean, it'd be an interesting one to look back on because there's actually some decent wrestling here and there on it. Contrast but, and compare between yeah. 2000 WCW. The worst year of WCW versus the worst year of TNA. It'd be interesting. Again, you know, you've still got stuff like. Wasn't it mostly Machine Guns Beer Money series in 2010 and stuff like that? You know, so there's yeah. still some all right stuff. It's just very Hogan dominated. And speaking yeah. of Hogan dominated. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, shall we get into um, the TV? If we have to. Here we go. Yeah. Fucking hell. I, and uh, I think what... it, the first scene you're going to cover, uh, there's a good metaphor for what it's like watching WW 2000 in this bit. Yeah, so I've got like 12 pages of notes Jesus on, this, on this fucking shower of shite. Um, Canyon in a hay. Oh, is it this one? Oh, yes, it is. May 8th, 2000 Nitro. Quick question for you. Have you seen the film Beyond the Map? I have, yes. That's the question that uh, fucking commentators <laughs> just kept saying whenever Terry Funk was on screen. You got to mention beyond the map. Mm. So like the where's Poochie? You got to ask <sighs> where's Poochie. Deary me. Anyway, camping in a halo in a in a hospital. Bischoff and friends visit, but um, a brawl ensues with DDP, and then Kimberly Page pulls some piss on DDP. And there's the metaphor for watching WWE 2000. It's like Kimberly Page. Pouring piss on you. <laughs> well, whatever she got up to in a spare time with um with the with the husband, yeah. About to say you maybe for into scats. Who knows? Well, they may be. Um, <laughs> anyway, away, away from the hospital. Um, so like the new blood are in the ring, and then Paige makes it back from hospital. Not not a bruise on him. Mm. Not stinking a piss. You think? I hope just... you took a shower. Yeah, I'm thinking you'd take a bit of a step back, wouldn't you? Um, from from the uh, piss-ridden page. I know. I know. Mm. Our, our Jeff had an unfortunate incident yesterday on the uh, on the tram, where he, where he was sat next to a tramp for uh, 15 oh. minutes. Said, nice. He said they hummed. Absolutely hummed. <laughs> Jeff attracts oh, Jeff. all the people. He does, yeah. It's very personable. That's his problem. He attracts he all sorts. He is. Um, so, yeah, Paige makes it back from the hospital to beat up all the new blood, including Diamond Cutting, David Arquette. Mm. Now, I think, was this Arquette's last appearance? In WCW? No, it wasn't. Believe it or not. 
and I'm not sure what. I, I won't spoil this lot. He will appear once more, right? Sometime this year, but I'm not going to tell you when. Yeah, he's, he's just going to pop up. Wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a, the one where he just basically went shut up to everyone, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it was it was a very funny promo by David Arquette, but you know you just think this guy was just WWE champion, and there he is in in a, a very colourful pimp suit. Yeah, he was. Up. And somehow WWF were kicking their ass in the ratings. I cannot think why. I, I can't think why either, Chris. And um, so yeah, Stinger saves DDP here. Um, mm. But moving on from this. Um, for the t- hardcore title, it's the beyond. It's beyond the mat's own Terry Funk <sighs> versus Norman Smiley and Ralphus. But this time with Smiley and Ralphus's jobs on the line. Um, so stuff stuff included in this is includes um, Smiley driving a golf cart into some crates with Funk hanging off hanging off him. Mm. Um, wait, so the wait, famous WrestleMania 17 spot that almost killed off WrestleMania itself was copied from Norman Smiley. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, so in the end, though, Funk pins pins and ball fans, Smiley and Ralphus, mm. are fired. So that, then they would go on for like weeks later doing different types of jobs, including selling popcorn, in which they got sacked from for mm. uh, Ralphus doing the old one-finger test down the arse crack and then putting his hand in the <sighs> uh, popcorn and popcorn seller. Yeah. And uh, didn't they like do like a car wash as well? They did a car wash. They ruined the filthy animal's car. That's right. Yeah. And God, I'm sure there's another oh, Terry, one. Oh, Terry Funk actually won the uh, won a match in one of the filthy animal's car or something in the booth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, they basically turned uh, Norman Smiley and Ralphus into sitcom characters. And now they spend the next few weeks doing a bunch of uh, comedy and then I believe we don't actually see Norman Smiley again until the winter. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Poor bastard. I know, considering how bloody uh, over he was uh, when he became screaming Norman Smiley in like, the autumn time. And yeah, a definite flanderization of Norman Smiley has happened here. Yeah. Um, so after this, we have um, a cracking promo by uh, Ric Flair about how to be a champion. Uh, mm. probably like proper Ric Flair going off on one again. I think similar to the one from the uh, month before, yeah. as he goes face to face with David Flair and Vince Russo. <laughs> it was all going so well as well. It was. Um, Rick Ric Flair threatens to phone Vince and get and get Dave a job. Flair goes after Russo, but David wallops Rick with the Statue of Liberty in the back of the head. I think we need to clarify what you just said there. You meant Vince McMahon. Yes, Vince McMahon, yeah. Yeah, because obviously you got Vince Russo in this segment. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't know why, but this promo always stuck out to me. I, I thought it was really effective, and the actual mention of Vince McMahon and WWF on Nitro, although they then bloody overdo it, you know, for in the months to come, I thought it was really bloody effective. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I, in terms of, I know it's bloody David Flair we're talking about it, bloody hell. But in terms of a setup for what's going on, what's going to happen going forward, I thought, uh, well, this is all Vic Flair's job uh, doing it, isn't it? He, he did a fantastic job. Yeah, 
No, no, he he, do, he does work his ass off on the on the mic. Definitely, Ric Flair just to make the best of a bad situation, especially when you're involved with yeah, Vince yeah. Russo and Dave Flair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, after this, uh, Chuck Palumbo um, is out in his new uh, Let's Luger gimmick, and he's given a mic. Oh fuck! He's an absolute deer mm. in the headlights. I put here. He's just no personality. No personality no, at all. He's terrible. I, I, I have a mic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he'll, he'll do a bit better later on when he's like teamed with Sean, with Sean Stasiak, uh, but on his own as an act, oof, awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I think the rest of his career, he's basically in tag teams, you know. Yeah. So um, after this... Um, you know why as the segment goes on, Let's Luger comes out and um uh, Palumbo attacks uh, Luger with the flexor and then Lex is wheeled off into an ambulance. And yeah, um so yeah, Lex got wheeled into the ambulance. Um after this, uh, Vince Russo in the back sticks um Elizabeth in a match with Daphne. Of all things, it, it was a match you were waiting for, Chris. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it uh, continues with Vince Russo's obsession with uh, trying to make anyone who is on screen also a wrestler. So I think this is why like, this sort of goes away very shortly after this because the coach is trying to have a wrestling matches and she's clearly not comfortable with this at all. No. Um, so after this, we have a, a match between General Rection and Sean Stasiak. Uh, the Misfits theme on the uh, WWE Network, Chris, is just a recurring drum roll dub. Can yeah, it's that? like it's sort. Of, it, again, it sort of like sounds like, like the cat. So it's like a sort of like, but it's like a. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. A, it's, I don't it's, even know where it's, it's supposed to be a rip off of. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Not too sure. It's, it's very much stock music, but I don't think any anyone with in the right mind would want to use it. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm just going to have a quick look see if I can find them in the meantime. Yeah. And um, so, uh, as you look for that, Chris um, Kidman is uh, now back together with uh, Ray and Conan. As he attacked Kevin Nash, but as ever, out to out to come and save Kev is um, Hulk Hogan. Um, it sets up a three-on-two St. Louis street fight later in the show. Fucking how one-sided is that? Oh yeah, be? great, great, <laughs> fantastic! Hooray! I'm, I'm glad to see Billy Kidman's doing so well for himself as well. Dear, oh dear. Now, in a recurring theme of the uh, TV, it's a stretcher match mm. slash ambulance match. There must be about six of these. I, I completely forgot that we're basically this matchup going to get Great American Bash has already been done once. <laughs> Same winner as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just so overly done. Mm. It's ridiculous. So it's like DDP versus Mike Awesome. Um, yeah. DDP ends up getting distracted by some divorce papers 
And um, all... <laughs> that's a new one, isn't it? Instead of someone playing for entrance music, just yeah, some the... papers in the air. Divorce. Yeah, they've not done that in WWE yet. Um, <laughs> give them time. Give them time. Um, ends up with awesome busting a DDP open with a chair. Um, as like DDP's like wheeled off. Uh, DDP manages to get back to the ring before going across the line. Bischoff mm. eventually gets Paige's signature on the divorce papers, and uh, Mike Awesome wins. I mean, it's quite clearly seen on live TV that DDP has been coerced into signing those papers, and they're probably technically forgeries. But yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Very realistic, this wrestling, like, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, as real as it gets, Chris. Oh, I, yeah. So, um, next segment, um, Tank Abbott sparks, uh, sparks out Scott Steiner. Um, Tank does, uh, uh, Tank's doing a uh, Goldberg's entrance before he gets, um, goes off to face Scott Steiner. Mm. And then um, Rick Steiner pulls um, Scott off of Tank, but then turns on him. Yep, sure. Swerve. I I think Rick of anyone. Yeah, no, he's got reason to turn on Scott because Scott turned on him. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I say it, it. It does make this one does make sense. No fairness. But yeah, say so, so Scott Steiner's already got like enough going on as it is, and then suddenly Rick Steiner's turning on him, and yeah, it, it's it's all very strange. Surely. Scott Steiner versus Tank Abbott is enough. Well, you'd think it'd be, but you know, WCW, they've just got to add an ad. Yeah, yeah. yeah especially with uh, what comes up at Great American Bash as well. You know, we oh, just... We'll get into that, sir. Mm. Especially the size of the cage. <laughs> that fucking thing. You sent a good gif of that to us. Um, I did. Night. Fucking Tweety <laughs> Pie. Um, so next up with yet was the um, aforementioned Miss Elizabeth versus Daphne match uh, which ends when Medusa gets involved and also Mona I think it includes Elizabeth giving Medusa a chair shot which does lead into a match in a couple of weeks time that's correct yes yeah yeah I don't think there's any winner here it's just uh, everyone chairs each other Mona appears which I think has Mona been on since the Russo Bischoff era started? Um, she was on once against, I think, Rhonda Singh. Maybe I'm sure. Under. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that was before the bloody uh, Russo Bischoff era. So it, uh, it's just so strange to me that Mari Holly is in WCW this late on because she'll debut in like November, I think, in WWF. But yeah, it's not long uh, after. Yeah, I don't remember being here for as long as she was. Yeah, so um, next up, uh, we have the three-on-two St. Louis Street fight. Uh, So it's Hogan and Nash versus Kidman, Ray, Conan. You have Mike Awesome there, Uber Mm. Guerrero, just to add people. Um, It it ends with um, Hogan getting chucked into a car boot. Um, Kev powerbombs Hoovy and it just ends in an old contest like oh, that. There was no finish. Oh, uh, and don't forget it was a monster truck as well. Oh, yes, the monster truck, which the drive, you like, you like the commentary was always like, 
it's Goldberg, it's Goldberg. <laughs> you, you could plainly see through the window it mm. wasn't fucking Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> it, was just, it was just like some random random bloke in a... Was, was this the one, or, 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 is, or is it... Oh, no, sorry, I think it might be too early. The, the bit with the filthy animals where they fuck up driving off and we have to uh, correct it over a commercial break. I, I think I might have jumped in it too early there. Yeah, I think you might have done. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that one. It's just one of those really funny moments that you can only get with Vince Russo live television. Yeah, so um, I, do, I just put here, so many swerves and attacks in this episode. Uh, mm. Goldberg's monster truck stops the carjacking. Yeah, of course. Just the sound, sound of a revving engine and just like, oh, fuck Goldberg. Uh, I, 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 I bet this is like a, you know, you always hear about how much creative Eric Bischoff actually had over this period of WCW. You know, the stories go up basically, he was just basically looking after Hogan and then doing fuck all. But you just know the monster truck was his idea. Yeah. Straight back to Halloween Havoc 1995, thinking about the promotional opportunities with monster trucks. That gold mine of a, of a business. Yeah, in the two thousands, I don't even think it was a big thing, was it? Monster trucks. It was always early nineties Not... when I was growing up. Yeah, but I say I think it had its moment outside of southern uh, USA in the nineties. But now, well, say now in two thousand, yeah, good grief. Yeah, the the days of Bigfoot and the Grave Digger. Remember mm. them? Even your. Yeah, even you're saying more now than what I've ever known about monster trucks. I mean, it seems cool. If someone like offered me a couple of tickets to like a monster truck thing, then I'd go to it. But it's not something I got my way to see. No, I probably I probably think they had it at fucking Bellevue Stadium along with the Speedway and shit like that. But yeah, that's where I imagine you know if that sort of venue. Yeah, yeah. yeah bang, I, I imagine bang, it, it might work in like. I imagine it would have worked like somewhere like a Don Valley Stadium or somewhere like that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so, main event with five minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Standard. Standard WCW. Sting versus Jeff Jarrett. Um, it ends with Sting getting dragged down the ring again by Vampiro. Mm. Um, fans chant bullshit. Sting in blood again. One, two, three. Jarrett wins. Yeah, so they just repeat the same finish as uh, Spring Stampede. Yeah, when he got dragged down during the Scott Steiner match, down to Vampiro's glory hole. Fantastic. Who were uh, misses? I've, mm. I've seen Vampiro were actually wrestling at um, Triple A's Triple Mania Tijuana last night. Like fuck me, he's still going. Uh, is, isn't he like 53 now? 53 and very much not in the Vampiro 2000 shape anymore either. Yeah, I, I can't think of him being like much good. I mean, he, he wasn't much good to begin with. Here we go again with me slagging off Vampiro. Well, he, he rightfully deserves it. Anyway, talking of uh, cult monsters, did you see that picture on um, Twitter today of Hugo Savinovich? I did, yes. <laughs> Fucking hell, he's no shame, has he? Yeah. Uh, what did you call him? Hoover Savinovich. 
probably it finally explains why he was so excitable during all those WWF broadcasts. You know, you know, it's he's just for Spanish table. He's there as a prop more than anything like that. He was still giving it his all. Now we know why. Un poquito. May 10th, 2000, Thunder now. Candido versus Crowbar. Half-decent TV match with no, not not so much interference no. uh, for a change. Candido, it's a super bomb. But Daphne, um, Frankenscream as Chris, Samoan Driver, and David Nedbutt by Chris. And the, well, well, Candido actually wins. But there's yeah, a, yeah. Lot of, a lot of um, run-around with the Cruiserweight title at this point with Candido. Daphne mm. Crowbar, but we'll we'll get into that. Um, the, a lot of the uh, vignettes start here for uh, Russo, David Flair, Daphne, and Crowbar oh, yes. going yeah, round so New York. So Russo takes David Flair and Crowbar into a sex sex shop. Of course, and I seem to remember Vince Russo just saying how it's all a travesty a lot as well. Everything's a travesty. It's a travesty that David Flair never got talked to a sex shop by his own dad. Whereas I'm just sat here thinking, well, yeah, it'd be, it'd be fucking weird if he did. Yeah. And, you gotta discover that. You, you have a talk when you discover the rest of it on your own. That's how it works. Hmm. I don't. I don't. I don't think my dad fancied his, fancied to take us to the one eight nine on the way from on way home from work. <laughs> For one eight nine. The one eight nine. Yeah, that was the. Uh, <laughs> Local sex sex parlor slash dungeon in uh, in Berry. Oh yeah, you've, you've gone. Uh, I, I was was. I don't think it's open anymore. Called Nichols Massage on Grinsby Road. <laughs> I, I, I always said entrance at the rear, and here's me thinking, yeah, bet it is. You filthy. <laughs> There's the one near um, fucking hell. Where is it now? Beer moth, um, bottle shop in uh, Manchester. Mm. Sex, sex dungeon there as well. Get your oh, family like a whole dungeon. Is, it, is that like Steel Hearts dungeon? <laughs> <laughs> Even but with a bit more leather involved. <laughs> Making noises like that bloke off a of fucking wrestling with shadows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you just pull the arm here. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> So where, where, where's that? Now imagine that, that whole sequence is still hard, but we've been holding a cat of nine tails. <laughs> <laughs> well, so where's that in Grimsby Road? Nicholas Massage Parlour. Any, anywhere near Memorial Hall? Same road, actually, but it's like a very long road. It's about two miles down, but it is technically the same road. All right. I might, I might suggest. <laughs> I really wouldn't. The all, all sorts of shit's happening very, very years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fucking Jack Jester will get discount there, won't he? <laughs> Probably keeping that place afloat. <laughs> no wonder he's so big in, in Cleaver. Yeah, I bet he's big after being Sir Nicole's massage. Great. <laughs> oh, dear. Talking of three-on-one Roger Inns, it's uh, how, how the meat... <laughs> <laughs> Alamee versus Terry Funk uh, for the hardcore title. Ah, uh, dear. This this is a fucking mess. You think straight away, like, Alamee's got to be old man, old man Funk. Mm. Ahmed turns on Stevie. Funk hits Cash 
him with the big arms. Yeah. Um, with the chair to retain. Mm. I mean, my biggest surprise was Cash actually did something because he just basically stood there with his silicone arms for like six months and probably got made about half a million from that. But now he, he actually got hit with a chair here and, and Funk pinned him. Yeah. Another women's match this time. Miss Elizabeth versus Monster Ripper Ronda Singh. So yeah. with, with this one, Luger gets involved and racks Ronda. Fucking impressive. But I'll tell you that, that's actually pretty impressive stuff, to be fair. She was she was quite big. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Sing, Sing wins uh, by DQ. Palumbo comes in. I'll tell you what, Chuck Palumbo, he missed leg day, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, he, he did, was all, yeah. He, he was all upper body. He was. Um, I mean, I think I made this comment last time. I can... I, in Luger's defence, because Luger basically goes home shortly after this, because uh, I think Russo wants wanted him to do the job to Palumbo, and if the whole angle is this guy's the new Lex Luger, and you take one look at him and you think, well, of course he isn't. You know, don't get me wrong, it, Chuck Palumbo's still in really great shape, but he's no Lex Luger. He really isn't. You know, it's it, it, just a, a, a long, a, a lanky lad with curly hair. And uh, with very lanky legs, and you know, no, no meat on those bones, and yeah. Are you talking about me here, Chris, or Chuck the Lump? <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, I thought I was talking about myself, and I bloody care. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't skip leg day, uh, I'll have you know. I've got leg day again tomorrow. Thank you very much. Enjoy, enjoy, mate. I won't, it's leg day. <laughs> Always the worst days, then, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to say, you've got to get through leg day to enjoy the other days. So, um, with that, well, I would say Palumbo comes in, attacks both Lex and Liz with the bats. Next match, Arn Anderson out of retirement versus David Flair. His first match since night night seven as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what? It ends in a no contest. <laughs> in two minutes, if I remember two rightly. Minutes, yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Another match now. For the hardcore, another hardcore title match. We've got to get that belt off Terry Funk. Yeah. It's Terry Funk versus the aforementioned Chuck Palumbo. I've said aforementioned a lot here. So, yeah, if you're keeping count, I'm on three for this episode. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I, I think aforementioned is also in Vince Russo scripts a lot because I know. Do you really need Chuck Palumbo and Terry Funk twice in one episode of Thunder? No, you don't. No, uh, you don't. <laughs> so this match ends when uh, Luger gets involved and uh, ends up with Terry Funk pinning Chuck Palumbo in a dumpster. Mm. Um, so after the match, R and B security, Russo and Bischoff security. Um, um, after the match, Mace Luger in the mm. eyes. They had a good, a good supply of Mace in uh, WCW, didn't they? Fucking everyone got Shit it. Loads. Uh, there must have been another uh, department in AOL Time Warner just specialising in Mace. Yeah, the, the fucking nutmeg department, weren't yeah. it? <laughs> well, but with um, what's it? R and B security. It's like fucking TNA's security. What were they called? Um, the red shirt security. The red shirt security, yeah. Mm. 
I'm, I'm sure you get a few of these R&B security as well, if you like, look at them as well. You blink and miss it. You get a lot of TNA guys in there. Well, I was going to say that. Chris Harris is in there. You know, Knock yes. Narcoos, uh, Braden <laughs> Walker, and uh, James Storm's in there. I'm sure Son- I see Sonny Siaki at one point. Sonny Siaki. I think um, Angry Alan Funk's in there, Kwiwi. Yeah, yeah. And He's... I think uh, an, an unmasked uh, Shark Boy's in there as well. And yeah, all sorts. Yeah, so it's funny. Comparisons at WCW 2000, security, TNA, mm. security, AEW. It's, just, it's quite funny as well because basically these guys have got themselves set up for already made for TNA when it begins, when Vince Russo is obviously booking from day one and is remembered about all these guys and also all quite cheap. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, R&B security now, but you'll be headlining for the asylum soon. So, you know, you've got to play the long game here. Well, lo and behold, Uzi was part of this security as well. It wants, like, fucking AJ Styles. Yeah, I think AJ Styles was in there as well. Yeah, it's in- incredible. Some of the people that you see, just but pure, purely uh, a random, you think, oh, this is a guy that I'll never do anything. And that, yeah, there's AJ Styles. Why not? Anyway, the main thing from this segment was uh, Chuck Palumbo being thrown into a dumpster. And it's like, yep, he's he's dead as a character then, isn't he? Yeah, they might as well suck the fucking old sticking old VW sticker on the outside. <laughs> Correct. And bear in mind, Chuck Palumbo properly debuted, uh, what, three days ago? And he's already thrown in a dumpster. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Um, um, so next up, next match, um, Billy Kidman versus Horace Hogan. Mm. Fucking staple of these shows. He's another one. Fuck off. So weird. It must be a Hulk Hogan creative control, uh, section 11 subparagraphy sort of thing going on because fucking hell, he's, he's everywhere. But again, yeah. I, I seem to remember this is a decent match. It's not, it's not, it's not too bad. There's a lot of, um, you know, skullduggery from Bischoff. Um, oh, yeah, Horace- yeah. Horace actually loses here to lose his WCW career. He's back the next next show, anyhow. Mm. Um, there's more rule changes, um, especially like Horace had Kidman pinned clean, yeah. and then Bischoff just said, "Oh, this is a fucking another rule change." And what I mean, it just ends up with Kidman getting the victory in the end. Yes, yeah. So next segment was a. Uh, Vince Russo uh, with uh, Kevin Nash. He started. He said he's gonna make Nash cool again, like uh, like he was. Um, he said, "You used to be Oz. You used to be Vinnie Vegas. But before you come to the WWE, and uh, when you come to the WWE, I made you Diesel." Mm. Bit of cell phone, that isn't it? Yeah. So basically, it was just blurting out all these smart smart things like from the past and like the crowd didn't give a shit did they no no it didn't they, they, they weren't too impressed here oh no but in during this segment I, I think i saw a gif of it a few weeks ago and asked this all the full thing here where he said oh i'm gonna make make um, nash cool again as blood you know the new blood blood comes down from the ceiling and it just mm. goes to the right hand side of kev and kev completely just misses him like, what the fuck? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's another one as well where WWE Network put back in the botched version because, like, in the original, they cut to like 
Russo and Filthy Animals looking on stage, but yeah, they're, they're just showing missing him by miles. Yeah. It's amazing. The um, so it, the, the actual segment ends with uh, Nash and Hogan. Hogan's involved again. Yeah, smashing a limo with Russo and Bischoff in. More, more added expense to WWE's accounts. Fucking hell! Bloody auto windscreens must have been coining it in. Yeah, auto glass repair, auto glass replace, indeed. In WWE 2000. Hey, it's a wonder they didn't have a you know. Forget your draft kings. Like, <laughs> <fucking>, uh, <laughs> you needed something. You like bloody Steve style UK. <laughs> yeah, you, you get one well, free. You, you, know, you buy one, you get one free. <laughs> There you go. We still we could have lost only thirty million in two thousand instead of sixty if they'd gone to safe style UK. <laughs> um, <laughs> next match, um, free fitting as well. Oh dear. Okay, now we're doing all the adverts here. It's WCW sponsored by Auto Glass Repair, Safe Style Windows, and Nicholas Massage Parlor. Uh, <laughs> another ambulance match, anyway. Mike Orson versus Sting. Um, so it ends with Vampiro misting Sting and then Chuck Sting in the ambulance. Crowd absolutely boo this. Ah, God, it's just pointless. It's just doing this like twice a week. It's just like, what's the point? It doesn't advance anything, it doesn't make anything unique. It's just filler. Yeah, I think this is the one as well where Mike Orson's on the top of the actual ambulance. And yeah. As Vampiro shuts the door on Sting, the ambulance drives off with Mike Awesome still on the top of it. Oh, yeah, and just lay down, just like, oh, shit. Oh, shit, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. It just, it just reminded me of, like, fucking hell, when Brad... They always used to show it on Soccer AM when Bradford City, I think, like, stayed up one season in the Premier League and it showed Stuart McCall on the top of a car, pissed up. And then they up fucking falling off on the other side. <laughs> just, 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 honestly, just reminded mm. me of that. Yeah. Thinking of Mike Awesome as Stuart McCall. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, May 15, 2000 Nitro. Oh, it's the Goldberg truck again. Great. <laughs> this is a recurring segment in this... Um, this episode especially mm. um we have a house of pain steel cage match so uh, is it just a steel cage match with um fucking jump around plane uh, <laughs> might as might as well have been yeah uh, no if, if this is a if this is a sexy cage match because there's handcuffs on all the different walls fucking it is but it's it <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to say the same thing. I think this is one of the rooms in Nicole's massage. Ah. Yeah, so winner is whoever can handcuff their, their opponent first to the cage. This is Vampiro against Sting, part 50. Mm. Fucking hell. They, they, they love it never the kink, ends. Like kinky stuff. They love the blood in this fucking feud. I, I, do, do you get a feeling like Vince Russo's working through some... Um, Sexual perversions during this feud, because Jesus Christ! Yeah, I, th- I think he might have been, you know. I, I, again, I'm 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 surprised, you know, if he didn't get out the levers at some point and just, you know, <laughs> 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 looking right at that le- leather bar. 
Yeah. <laughs> Jeff were on about the other week. Um, but yeah, this this one, Sting wins. And uh, once again, Vampiro looks so inferior to Sting. And then once the lights turn back up, Vampiro's disappeared like um, Terry's chocolate orange. Total eclipse. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. And, and no one see each other on fire either. Oh, yeah. That, that so is much more is to go. Oh, good grief. So next, so we have the debut of Major Guns as a uh, Rection gives them their name. So like you, Sergeant Stash and uh, Lieutenant Loco, Corporal Cajun, uh, and yep, uh, yep. Major Guns. Your your gimmick is to do the kiss alive to people with your top off. With uh, your top off. By the way, apparently it's a rip off of War by Edwin Starr of a theme song I'm not, I don't have to listen to it I think I know what that sounds like actually to be fair yeah, it's the well, what is it good for thing I think oh, I right. think you must nick too much of a melody oh like war <sighs> yeah that one oh, God, yeah. now we're thinking yeah. Edwin Collins then never known a girl like you <laughs> 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 go on Jimmy I'll rip that one off very good the ending of that, what you just sung, sounded like old Colgan's theme. Dun, 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 oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's off um, Edwin Collins all along. It was, yeah. Um, we have a mixed tag match for the um, Cruiserweight titles of Daphne. Ends up pinning Tammy um, to win the match and win the um, Cruiserweight title. It ends up uh, with Ric Flair coming out after the match to beat up the new champ, mm. uh, Crowbar. And um, yeah, makes the cruiserweight title look worthy. So I think someone someone did this angle like a week or two before this when Chris Candido won it, and like Kevin Nash just come out and booted him. Yeah, that's right, he did. Yeah. So Which this again, is... shows shows them what I think about the cruiserweight title. But yeah, yeah, I, I come. I thought this happened a lot later in WWE North West. Yeah, so definitely is currently the champion, and it's the same thing as um, when David Arquette won, isn't it? So. So for the uh, quote-unquote non-wrestler pinned someone and realised, oh shit, I'm a champion now. They've literally done the David Arquette angle two weeks later mm. on the Cruiserweight title instead. Where's the quality control, lads? Come on. Um, it's non-existent, uh, Christopher. Mm. Um, Sting goes out of the building and sees uh, limos on fire. Another fucking limo. You Another buy limo. one, you get one free. Fucking hell, straight to, straight to Kevin Webster's garage to get that fi- fucker fixed. I, I'm telling you, AOL Time Warner had a limo department and someone was getting like a a, a nice bung. I'd hate to, I'd to, hate to buy to limos the, for cheap. I'd hate to have been the fleet administrator at fucking Time Warner. Bloody hell. <laughs> now, you, you, can you imagine like. Busy. You can imagine like, oh, we've got this big film premiere coming up. Right, hey, we need limos for everyone. I'm a guy just like going, um. Well, about that, uh, and then everyone turns up in pickup trucks instead to this big premiere at the uh, Man Chinese Theatre because WCW have ruined all the limos. Anyway, uh, Russo, Dave, and Daphne visit Ric Flair's house, um, and who's there? Oh, it's, it's Charlotte, Charlotte Flair. Flair. Yeah, the yeah. first appearance. 
Yeah, and, and not last actually. I completely forgot she appears in Great American Bash as well. But yeah, mm. she's she's less Mastercard at this point, is she? Just a bit. Yeah, yeah. About to say this is pure Ashley Flair, whatever she was called back then. Yeah, it would it would have been back then. Yeah, I think a lot of this segment as well is just like Daphne jumping up and down on a bed. Correct. Yes. And and uh, them going through Ric Flair's walking wardrobe and trying on all his robes and everything like that. Yeah. Enough said. Um, mm-hmm. Another House of Pain match. Oh, another sexy cage match. Yes, but uh, with, with two women wrestlers here. Well, not wrestlers, Medusa and um, Miss Elizabeth. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, this makes sense now. Uh, Rusa wanted some a sexy women's cage match, but needed a setup to get rid of a sense, as it were. Yeah. So, mm, uh, sexy cage match. So, uh, Luger, dressed as a maintenance man, comes down from the um, <laughs> ceiling of the cage. This is a setup for porno. Oh, it hello. Is, well, it, I, all he yeah, needed I, was I, a moustache. Yeah, I said, oh, well, I'm here to fix you plumbing. Then it's like, oh, not that plumbing. Then, yeah. Of any Rax producer. Yeah, Rax producer. <laughs> and then Luger and Liz have their way with Russo until. They do what now? Get a big giant dildo and shove it up Vince Russo's ass. I was about to say, this, this has got beyond Late Night Channel 5 now, hasn't it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm getting all hot under the collar here. Um, un- until. Um, they have the way until um, R&B security get involved. And you know what? It's Mace time. Now it's an orgy. It is. Uh, 20 on one. <laughs> <laughs> 20 on one in a fucking bondage cage. Um, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> next match. It's an ambulance match. Oh, another fucking one. Another not, one. A, not another, another one. one. Oh, no. Kevin Nash challenges Mike Orson to an ambulance match. Um, this ends with Nash killing Orson with a, a rough jackknife off the stage through a table. Fucking Orson went right on his head with mm. this one. A bit like, I don't know if you've seen the uh, video of Jack Evans um, at GCW doing oh, the. I saw uh, that. 6.30 and just landed, boom, on his head. Referee was just like, what the fuck? What the fuck do I do? Yeah. I'm glad he's all right after that one. Jesus, yeah. Terrible. Um, so, yeah, match is called off after Awesome is not loopy. So Kevin Nash can't even be asked to put him on the stretcher. Good old Kevin no. Nash. No. Easiest way to a payday, I respect the man. Yeah, he, if he has to do any extra work, he wants fucking paying. Damn right. Next, it's um, DDP in the ring. Um, but out comes, straight from his softball game, it's Sydney. Oh, yes. I, I've made reference to Sid appearing uh, one more time uh, during this New Blood Millionaires Club thing. Yeah. So he, he turns up. Um, supposedly, it looks like he's ready to save Diamond Dallas Page, but. Swerve, swerve, bro. Um, he doesn't, as he turns on pace to help Bischoff and the cat out. Who comes out to save Diamond Dallas Page? Come on, who, who saves him? Well, obviously, 
It's a <sighs> Fucking Hogan comes out to clean house on everyone. <laughs> mm. Hogan must pose again. <sighs> Shit house. Yep. Absolute fucking shithouse. But that's not not the last of Hogan for this episode. It's two it's well, a triple threat match, but basically two on one. Yes. Kidman versus Horace versus Hulk Hogan. What a match. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it, it's like a EWR going haywire in terms of automatically generating matches. So with this one, um, Horace hits Bischoff, but Hulk and um, Horace clean out on the uh, filmy animals and Kidman until Tory pops down. And then Horace turns on Hulk and pins mm. Hulk after hitting him with a chair. Isn't this the one where like, Horace turns to Tory and basically goes, hmm, woman, like licks yeah. his lips and then he turns on Hulk? Yeah, that's the one. He, he should get down to Nicole's massage, you know. If he really wants it that bad. Yeah, so he, um, I've just put here, Swerve. Horace gets a night with Tory. Fucking, fucking standards are dropping for Tory Wilson. Me. You're not even getting old Hogan. You're getting bloody sloppy <laughs> seconds. Yeah, you're getting a shit Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sleeping with the less famous celebrity, in it? <laughs> yeah, and I just can't think of an example at the moment. <laughs> a, a, the only example I can think is like sleeping with like um, Stephen Baldwin instead of Alec Baldwin. But I'm not sure we even meant, meant to mention Alec Baldwin that minute. No, he probably um, shoot. He probably you. shoot you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. It's like oh, I slept. I slept with Johnson, Stanley Johnson, instead of Boris. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) I don't know where that come from Anyway WCW title Main event Chosen one Jeff This is The nature boy Rick Flair um, so then, so with this one, Ric Flair rolls up Jarrett to win the title out of nowhere. Yep. And then after the after the match, Flair gets attacked after the bell by uh, Jarrett Russo and Young David. But yeah, wins the, wins the belt out of nowhere, which I believe Jeff Jarrett has not once successfully defended his world title yet. I was going to say with Jarrett. He feels so much of an afterthought. He does, yeah. Considering he's supposed to be the chosen one and all that lot, he doesn't. He's always playing second fiddle to whoever is feuding with. And well, I say about fourth fiddle because he's always behind whatever Russo and Bischoff are doing as well. Mm. Yeah. Because it, here, in terms of pecking order, so he's below Ric Flair, he's below Vince Russo, he's below. Who like David Flair and Daphne and whoever else interferes and and every, everyone else. I mean, I think Kevin Nash comes down and Kevin Nash is above the talent pole because he makes a save and blah blah blah. It's yeah, yeah. Jeff Jarrett really 
for Vince Russo's chosen boy was never very really booked that well by him, was he? He wasn't. He wasn't. But maybe better, better in TNA. I would say. Well, that was probably a make good for the bloody eighteen months we get here. Yeah. Oh, there's been um, some news here. Oh yeah. Uh, a death in wrestling. Oh. Um, so, uh, long-time referee Tim White has passed away. Oh really? Oh bloody hell! That's a shame. Yeah, he, he was the. Uh, you remember the famous angle in Ellen Cell where. Uh, he injured his shoulder and then they did like a fucking... Didn't they do an angle? Uh, this is a couple of years later, believe it or not, for lunchtime suicides, exclusively in WWE.com with him committing suicide a load of times in front of Josh Matthews. These were mm. comedy segments. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember that. But yeah. he, he was almost well known as like uh, one of Andre the Giants, like... Handlers, he was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I say it was a long time referee for them, and yeah, it was that hell in a cell match between Jericho and Triple H in 2002, I think it was. Um, that ended his career, but it was in WWF for a long, long time, so yeah, yeah, as a shame to say about that, actually. Yeah, no, he he, he was always a good ref, they always used his pub, didn't they? They did, yes. (coughs) Remember when the, the acolytes went in there, fucking. Fucking had a brawl in there and just smashed the joints up. Oh, and uh, that was also where we needed the old Stone Cold. The as old well. Stone Cold, yeah. Yeah, every time, I think it was like in Cleveland or somewhere like that, and every time Raw or SmackDown were there, they somehow incorporated Tim White's pub into it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the, away from Tim White. Um, rest easy, sweet prince. May 17, 2000, Thunder. So um, Shane Douglas has been left in charge of the show. Um, this was um, a directive from Russo and Bischoff because they went away on business. So they left. Picked uh, Shane Douglas. They I'll picked Shane Douglas. Fucking Shane Douglas. Good. Yeah. Um, so on this show, um, we had the Misfits versus the Filthy Animals. Um, the DQ mm-hmm. finished due to meat getting involved for no reason. We're, we're going to call him Meat because it's easier. Sean Stazak. He'll always right. be Meat. Um, question mark here whether Booker T is possibly turning into a GI bro, which um, he eventually does like a week or two later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matchup of it's Hogan versus Hogan as Horace faces Hulk. Second match of the show as well. Just point that out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hogan often plays creative control card to be in the main events, but I think he's thinking, oh, fuck it, it's Thunder. I want to go home early. Let's go out second brother so we can go home. Oh, and, yeah. and, and also, I'm going to kiss Tori Watson while I'm at it. Yeah, so um, Hulk wins again um, as he puts Kidman through a table and then mm. pins Horace clean. Hulk snogs Tori, and I put Tori loves Terry's kissing technique. Yep. Now that's creative control for you. Yeah, brother. <laughs> hey, hey she, she must have loved the Hogan DNA having a bit of Horace the night before a bit of Hulk night <laughs> after I don't feel to hear about Hogan's DNA from being honest with you but um, oh yeah Hulk Hogan's cock would have been bigger than Terry Belayer's weren't it oh so yeah that's that, true yeah There's you a, remember the court case there were 24 inch pythons they weren't just the arms brother <laughs> 
Um, next segment was Lex Luger battering Chuck Palumbo in a gym. Obviously, he was doing upper body workouts, not leg day. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Skipping leg day once again. Um, next up, it's an ambulance match. Fucking <laughs> <sighs> oh, how? So it's Scott Steiner versus Mike Awesome. Um, Steiner has Awesome in the recliner, but Goldberg's music plays. It's Tank Abbott. Mm. Goldberg's monster truck drives away with Tank and Rick Steiner on top of it. Yeah, of course. Awesome just jumps into the ambulance and the match ends with Scott winning. This, I just point what in brackets, this went to shit. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's the best way of putting it. My, uh, uh, there's a note here that I think later in, uh, maybe on the, on my notes that, you know, the amount of gimmick matches what the wall had with the tables and Mike yeah. Olsen with the, the stretcher slash ambulance match. Mm. They lost more than they won. They did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, I were think, shit, um, they were shit at the speciality match. I think it was literally pointed out on the commentary in Great American Bash how Mike Orson was one and three in ambulance matches going into the match against DDP. It's dreadful. <laughs> I know. But I was saying, why would, a, why would you point it out? But B, yeah, it was bloody dreadful. He, he should find a new speciality, really. So, so basically, one in three is a fucking... Uh... 100 to 30 fate, 100 to 30 shots on the betting. Yeah. Deary me. Um, next up, Vampiro on the mic, calling out Steve. Oh, God, yeah. This is where we start using each other's real names, don't we? They do, yeah. Oh, Ian. Oh, Steve. Oh, yeah. Nothing says e- that. E- Ian. Uh, nothing says dark side, like satanic, you know, like. Like Ian. <laughs> well, that you remember that buddy? Um, who in our Lucha Underground, weren't it with Pentagon? He got yeah. Ian. <laughs> Ian Hodgkinson. Yeah. When no, no, nothing like you know, he's like a demon raised from hell here to bring destruction to the earth. Ian. Satan- satanic dungeon master. Ian. Yes. Ian. Um, challenges Sting to an Inferno match, human torch match at the, uh, the Great American Bash, which we'll uh, get into later on. Um, I am glad you said Inferno match. Uh, I'll try and remember that later on because... Oh, what's it with this? As the promo were going on when he announced this match, you can see the fucking stage hands just lighting the bloody uh, the ring ropes. <laughs> just stopping off the ring ropes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and by all reports as well, I remember reading this, a bit later on, but what they got was the best footage they had. Apparently, it was a complete fuck up, and they got left out of the building when this happened. You know, when they set the ring, when they set the ropes on fire, yeah, got left out of the building because half the ropes didn't actually set on fire. And you got, yeah. I think you can actually see it as well. Half of them just like nothing happened. Yeah, the, I put here the ring ropes are on fire, as you can visibly see stage and setting them on fire. As the commentary tried to say, it's some Jedi mind trick that Vampiro has done. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all stage hands he paid off. Yeah. Um there's a three on one match then. Uh after after Rick Flair's match, um where he pins Daphne. Of course. Uh, Flair collapses. Mm. 
so this was a legitimate injury. Right. He had a in well, he, he claimed I I'm gonna believe in this because you don't get have a heart attack and then wrestle three days later, whether it was. It was an inner ear imbalance and it sent in completely loopy. Right. Yeah, yeah. So they um had to um I think obviously this is all tape incorporated in. I guess Vince Russo had an idea, but yeah, um, he, he wasn't comfortable to watch at the time. He, he, even as a twelve-year-old, I could tell this was not part of the script, and I think that's why Vince Russo kept it in. Yeah, because uh, shock yeah. value, bro. Mm, basically. Um. So. Um, the the show ends with the Millionaires Club and um, oh the Millionaires Club tipping over the new blood yellow bus. Yeah, yeah, the new blood of a school bus for some reason. No it's idea funny, why. It's, it's funny you see like the Millionaires Club all running through and there's Chris Candido running alongside him and just Kevin Nash just looks at him like, what the fuck are you doing, mate? <laughs> Someone missed for cute. They did. Um, next up is. The May 22nd Nitro. This is a long, like, TV stretch. Like, the longest one I think we've had. I know. I think we've... Oh, fucking hell. We've still got another six episodes to get through here. We have. I better, I better fucking hurry up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Eric Bischoff fires Booker T. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, we have a Ric Flair coffin, uh, which has a robe and a fake big nose. Hmm. Yeah, it was like life-size nose of uh, Ric Flair's. Yeah, yeah, because he... Is it here where he strips the title off him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because... Yeah, I mean, I think that's why they included the inner ear imbalance thing on the... Yeah, as a way to get the title off him, to then reward it to him here, I think, on this episode. Yes, Something they do. like that. So, um... As well on this, uh, Daphne beats Crowbar to win the uh, Cruiserweight title. Um, Tori is seen giving um, Horace Hogan a massage. Poor, poor girl. Uh, <laughs> which then sets up Kidman versus Horace with Tori as a special referee. Um, I just put here, just too much Horace Hogan. Have a guess who gets involved, Chris? Oh, is it another Hogan by any chance? Yes. Does it involve a table by any chance? Uh, yes. But fucking Hulk Hogan started loving tables around this period, didn't he? He was, he was going for table, um, tables in the wall. Trust yeah, if that should be his specialty match instead, he loved going through them. He loved chucking people through them. More so, obviously, the latter. And yeah, bloody loved a table. Did old Hulk in this period. Yeah, so he gets involved, chucks Kidman on, onto Horace uh, through a table. And then, uh, oh, yeah, no, so chucks Kidman onto Horace through a table and Hogan puts Kidman on Horace for the one, two, three. Mm. It's like not long ago, you, you two were mates, Horace and Hulk. Yep. It's all over the shop. It is. I mean, I don't even know what what's going on here. What What is the angle now? Because they're, they're sort of leading towards a retirement match for Hogan at the Great American Bash, but is against someone who's just so far in the background now, like Kidman is like the, what, fifth rung in this angle behind Tory, Horace Hogan and Eric Bischoff. Mm. What is Kidman in this angle now? He's, he's doing fuck all. It, it and, just... and also he's back with filthy animals, apparently. Uh, who knows? 
worthless. Um, so, yeah, Terry Funk announces his retirement on June 1st. My ass, 2001, that is, as he signed a one-year extension. Um, it's like Shane Douglas were out there as well. Douglas and friends beat up Terry for a while as um, Terry's daughter watches on. This is where, um, yeah, he, he ends up um, pinning, pinning Funk for the uh, title and just like, yeah, Shane Douglas, new hardcore champion. Yeah, after all that. Yeah, and we have Mike Awesome coming out in, in in a halo and a wheelchair just to take the piss out of Canyon. Oh, it, God. And this follows up, here we go, the battle of the stipulations here, oh, in a God. tables versus ambulance match. Yeah, I, re- oh. I don't know how this works. Tables versus ambulance, so... The world's got to try and put Mike Awesome through a table and Mike Awesome's got to try and drag the wall all the way to an ambulance and put him in to a back of one and then drive off. No. So the, the, the um, what happens here, so Wall's got to put that Awesome into an ambulance. Yeah. And Awesome's got to put the wall through a table. So it's the wrong way around. So it, yeah. everyone's got to like do the other person's speciality. Yeah. Why? Which ends with awesome backdrop, awesome backdropping wall through a table. So the wall looks, looks like a bigger idiot, and like the wall isn't the master of the table match. Mm. And bear in mind what he's got at Great American Bash, which we'll talk about, obviously. It's a table. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> this, is, this is literally the worst booking in wrestling history. It really is. Oh, dear. And one of my notes here, the amount of new blood guys who were in the group one minute, then fake feuding with their own the next. Yeah. Um, I, I just put, this is a sign Russo and Bischoff are already getting bored. Mm. Yeah, it's Bismuth. like Shane Douglas and the wall, like feuding against each other. Yeah. It's just like, that, that's, that's come out of nowhere, but it already feels like that. I mean, we were discussing this over like um, DMs, but the, the wheels are already fallen off, you know. This the company's already gone directionless again. It's like the bloody Sullivan February March sort of time WSW type booking going on. Mm-hmm. Now it's completely russified. It's just what is like the end game of this New Blood versus Millionaires Club now? Because everyone's just like faffing about going through tables, going to ambulances, but there's no, it's not building to anything now. That's already all over and done with, and what? Six weeks since this angle, into this main storyline. Russo um, gives Jeff Jarrett the WCW title during a mock funeral to Ric Flair. Kevin mm. Nash comes out of the coffin to choke Russo, then smashes uh, Jarrett and David Flair. Mark, Mark Madden has a new nickname for Nash. He's now the Sexecutioner. Nice, no, nice try, Mark. He never caught on. Bit of a convoluted thing to say, sexecutioner. No, it's too convoluted. Fucking Nicholas Massage Parlor coming to next. <laughs> again, again with the sex dungeon stuff. Is Kieran Ash going to get involved now? Maybe so. Um, Tall, leggy, blonde Kevin mm. Nash. 
Pamela Polshock, anyway, uh, another tall, leggy blonde. Um, the new interviewer makes her debut. Another comparison here to uh, what I mentioned earlier to yourself, Chris, about AEW and WCW. They replaced the uh, the male backstage reporter with, um, uh, well, AEW's done it with Lexi Nair, replacing Alex Marvez. And uh, here we go, Pamela Polshock basically replacing Mean Gene. More or less, yeah, and I mean, it's obvious why she's there, in all fairness. She wasn't that good, unfortunately, but you know, boobs. Boobs, yeah, and and basically any opportunity, like, to get called, won't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the main male wrestlers. Oh, yeah, there's all sorts of, like, oh, yeah, you're a bitch, you've, uh, I know. Yeah, you're a slut, basically, yeah. I think, I, I don't think uh, it would have worked to call him Mean Gene that, and uh, Vince Russo had to get that mus- that misogyny in where he could. So, yeah, in comes Pamela Paul Shock to take it all. It were. <laughs> David and Reed Flair get into a scuffle. Dave puts Reed in the figure four. Mm. Um, there were a few appearances here from uh, Reed Flair, one especially, which we'll get into, which is a tag team match. Um, Isn't this like when um, Eric Bischoff was like an executive producer on, like, on a kids wrestling league? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is this like a pilot of that between Reed and David Flair? Like, or, or like boy fights? Have you ever seen the rest of the development? It's basically that. Yeah. Um, Hulk Hogan versus Vampiro. Um, I did put a one-sided mugging by Hulk till Kidman hits Hogan with a blowtorch. Vampiro <laughs> wins one, two, three. Sting runs in and batters Vampiro. Pointless. No one got over. Yeah, Vampiro has pinned Hulk Hogan, but it means absolutely fuck all. I li- literally forgot that ever that ever happened, and so I watched them again. Thing is, like Kidman pinned Hogan like during like the TV, but it yeah. was all like smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I wonder uh, Hovis pinned uh, Hogan last week. Mm. Yeah, means nothing though. Here we go. It's another title match. It's uh, Jeff Jarrett versus Kevin Nash, um, which ends with a bloodbath on Nash and a guitar shot to a uh, big Kev. Um, yeah. Jarrett, Jarrett wins with Russo's help as a special guest referee. Mm. It is very much TNA Jeff Jarrett. It is, Bobby. absolutely. Yeah. At least if ever finding the template ready for 20 years of TNA. So it's got some purpose, at least. You saw, you know, we, we, we have eulogized about Jarrett in the past, but once you've watched weeks and weeks of Jeff Jarrett main events, even on WCW. It's the same formula every time. I mean, I'll be honest, I've not had a chance to watch the TNA Asylum years that deeply. Um, but, I mean, I, I watched the first like dozen of them a couple of years ago, and it's very much of that same template. The positive Walk and side, brawl. Walk yes, and brawl. The, the positive of, like, of Jarrett during like, the Fox Sports era and into Impact's novel is that he wouldn't, he'd only wrestle once a month, and that was it. Yeah. And then you won't be as bored of him. But yeah, when he's on here every single, well, twice a week in WCW doing the same thing, it does get a bit much, especially when, you know, what's the phrase? Broke a thousand guitars, never drew a dime sort of thing. It's, yeah, yeah. 
I, I, don't get me wrong, I love Jeff Jarrett, but there's a limit with him, and we're well beyond the limit here. May 24th, 2000, Thunder. Um, Shane Douglas uh, gives Norman Smiley and Ralphus a chance at his WCW hardcore title. Douglas wearing his best big boss man blue jeans, so he like blue jeans with like a like a pinstripe down the center of the sides of the um, of his pants. Didn't look yeah. right. Um, supposedly Ralph was uh, dressed as a gorilla. Um, it wasn't. It was um, well w- the winner of the match, which was uh, Terry Funk. It mm. basically the gorilla was just like scratching its ass. Yeah, uh, so. definitely good Ralph's impression, man. Oh yeah, no, it was, it was. I will, I will say that Terry Funk waffles Douglas with the chair and pins Douglas uh, to win the WCWR call title back. I thought it was a good reveal, to be honest. I d- it was one of those you couldn't really tell it was Terry Funk. Yeah, it, it did work this time. Yeah, uh, we have the Misfits versus the Filthy Animals in an elimination match. Um, including Van Hammer hitting one of the worst Cobra Clutch slams um, to Hoovy. Uh, Booker debuts as GI Bro. Yep. And the uh, match just ends with no result. Of course. Why not? Why not? Um, Booker T says, uh, no, GI Bro says Booker T is dead and doesn't want to be called that anymore. Two months later, Booker T is back. <laughs> Booker T, WCW Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. Made no sense. Mm. Oh, God, I've just seen what the next match is here. Um, well, if it's, not an, ambul- Go if it's on. not an ambulance match, it must be a tables match. No, I've not wrote that one down. Okay, then Chuck Palumbo beats the wall at a tables match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? Chuck Palumbo beats the wall. There we go. And yet it's the wall specialty match. Fuck me. Main event on this show was uh, Kevin Nash versus Jeff Jarrett versus Scott Steiner for the WCW title. Mm. Uh, I did put another typical Jarrett main, main event. Distractions, ref being knocked out, belt shots, guitar shots, chair shots. Steiner clotheslines all the security, takes out Russo, and Nash powerbombs Jeff Jarrett to win the WCW title. Yeah. Another change, another title change. There we go, that's the third one. And another Jarrett uh, title reign without success or defence, and lasted yeah. a week. Yeah, so we've had three in two weeks. Basically, yeah. Fuck's sake. May 29th, um, 2009, um, um, David Flair and Russo have kidnapped Reed and Beth Flair. Um, so it ends up with like Nash in the ring with Ric Flair, Nash giving the world title back to Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Um, I just put the mis- Misfits in Action's overdub on the network now is just a mix of jazz trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> David Flair saved Miss Hancock from Chris Candido attacking her. But this then Ric Flair just comes down and beats up Dave. Yeah. It's like David sure, Flair David not? Flair's turned like good guy here, saving saving a woman, and then all right, re- revert back to type. 
Well, it's Vince Russo writing. It was probably the most heelish thing you can do is saving a woman, isn't it? Yeah. Next up, you guessed it. It's an ambulance match. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh why? So this oh. one is, is G.I. Bro versus Mike Orson. Stop oh. with the ambulance matches, please. So, Awesome gets chokeslammed by DDP and G.I. Bro off the stage through a table. Awesome slung into the ambulance and G.I. Bro wins. So, I've got a fun fact for you here. It's only been seven weeks since he debuted and then took out Kevin Nash. Seven, seven weeks. weeks. It's been seven weeks and here he is in his fifth, losing his, bout, his fifth ambulance match. In about two and a half minutes, seven we- seven weeks after being ECW champion, Fucking I hope hell. the money was good for him. I, I hope he got paid well. I yeah, you. that's all I can say about it. Ah oh dear. Uh, so, with this uh, next segment, Goldberg arrives in the car park and um, ends up coming like returning into the actual arena itself and um, takes out. Tank and uh, Rick Steiner, absolutely huge pop for Goldberg, this return. Obviously, he's not been tainted by the bloody Russo Bischoff era yet, has he? So, he's still actually over. Yeah, how to not read the room by uh, fucking in a couple of weeks um, after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck me. Um, Terry Funk versus Vampiro. Match ends abruptly as Vampiro tries to set... Funk on fire, but Sting saves Terry. This was uh, like outside the building. It ended up right, going right, yeah, into, yeah. Like, into like the parking lot. Um, we have like um, a DDP and Mike Awesome segment where uh, Mike Awesome um, was beating up DDP, and who comes out and saves DDP? Do you remember this one? I want to say Kevin Nash, but that's probably not correct this time. It's not. It's not correct. It's another big fella. He's, um, say, he's, he's, his name starts with the same letter of K. Of K? No, I don't know. The one and only Cal Malone. I don't remember this. So Cal Malone diamond cuts Mike Orson. Okay, I legitimately do not remember anything about that. Yeah, and Cal Malone's not to be seen again. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. But I, I had no idea he, he appeared again after his old bash at the beach '98 thing. Mm. Wow. Okay, fair enough. Next up, um, we have an asylum match. Um, <laughs> first of its kind here, so it's Shane Douglas. Mm. Versus Scott Steiner. Now, the Asylum match, as we mentioned earlier, Tweety yep. Pie's Birdcage. Correct. Yes. <clears throat> it looks shocking. I think the idea is it, it's supposed to be like uh, Ken Shamrock's line den match, but they can get it up and down uh, from the ceiling, you know, you know, so we can quickly move it out of the way, you know, once we're done with it in, like, three minutes. But it looks terrible. It, like, only... only covers about a third of a ring and it literally looks like a birdcage and this is yeah. supposed to be Scott Steiner's speciality match mm. 
it does not fit his character at all. You know, like Scott Stein, like, you know, big pop of pump, you know, he's this big muscular guy. I mean, he's got his little t- weenie little cage that he fights in instead. It makes no sense. <laughs> if, if anything, if he was going to have a speciality cage match, it should have been the Hell in a Cell or Caged Heat, as they called it. They should have mm. been bringing that down uh, for him instead, but no. Fucking bird cage. A fucking bird cage, yeah. Looked, God, the rails are very falling off WWE 2000 quickly, haven't they? It was it looked a bit like the, like the size. Um, fucking hell! You remember the dancers in TNA dancing? Oh yeah, dancing in those cages. Yeah, yeah, about the same thing. Fucking might as well's been you. You imagine Scott Steiner in some sauces. Yeah, I'd say you would have enjoyed it at least. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Douglas lost to um, the recliner very quickly. Um, we have the WCW title match next. Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair. Flair in his wrestling gear for a change. Yeah, I think yeah, first I time. Have his t-shirt on. No, first time in the Russo Bischoff era, I believe. Yeah, so it was originally going to be David Flair as special referee. Then the ref turns into Charles Robinson, and then the ref turns into Vince Russo. Uh, we have guitar shot by Jarrett. Jarrett pins Flair to win the WCW title. So that's title change. He has literally won the title. Has he won it? Is it three or four times in the last 20 days? Uh, Jarrett. Yeah, so he was champion coming out of Slambury, which is like May 7th. Yeah, lost it to Flair. Lost to Flair. Flair to Jarrett, then Jarrett to Nash. Lost to Nash. Then Nash to Flair. And now Flair yeah. to Jarrett. So, yeah, about to say so, he's got it once again. Surely that's the last time. Sounded I... like that song by Anton Deck. We're on the ball. <laughs> it's Jarrett well, to Nash, Nash to Flair. <laughs> they're not on the fucking ball, are they? Ah, oh, my God. So, there you go. I think that's the fifth title change in 20 days. Correct. May 31st, 2000, Thunder. And we've um, still got three shows to go before we even get to a pay-per-view. Fuck me. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've gone nearly fucking fucking hour and a half here. Yeah, yeah, we have. Oh, um, we'll, we'll race through these. So May 31st, 2000, Thunder. The Candido Funk Hardcore match ends up in a stable. Oh, yeah, this I remember fam- this. The famous one where a horse kicks Funk. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, uh, so it ends with Funk pin, pinning Candido after chucking it off the stable edge through a table. Mm. Just happened to be a table there, but very good fun. Probably one of the best hardcore matches that they did. The poor it, horse. It, to be fair, if the horse went for it, but if Terry Funk had actually responded, for, I wouldn't fancy the horse's chances. No. <laughs> um, fucking hell. Um, so... My lovely horse running through the fields. Um, we have a three-way match. It's uh, Sting versus Horace and Kidman. Mm. Um, Sting wins. We we have a match. Why? WC- Sorry. Let's say why is he why is Sting in a triple threat match with Billy Kidman and Horace? Why? All of them available. Probably. I guess so. What's the point? <laughs> So next next up we had the the WCW tag team titles Chronic versus Stasiak and Palumbo. If Chronic get DQ'd, Stasiak and Palumbo win the belts. Lo and behold, it happens. 
Chronic had it won, yeah. but yeah, DQ finish. <sighs> yeah, as a you know, it's very rare that when the title changes hands on a DQ, that the title doesn't then change hands on a DQ. Yeah, this you could tell this one from bloody mile off. Yeah. So yeah, um, new tag team champions there. Um, fucking hell, um, Norman Smiley promo fighting with um, under twelves in a backyard. It was like a fucking um, precursor to Brit rest. <laughs> well, as long as he was just only wrestling with him and nothing else, then that's fine by me. But yeah, yeah, I think he becomes the new backyard wrestling champion. He does, yeah. I think he's showing the kids. Here's what a cravat pin looks like, and uh, mm. yeah, some suggestive uh, moves uh, and positions in this. I was going to say, isn't this just like a promo for the NXT Performance Center? It is. It is. Um, <laughs> good old Norman. Anyway, tag team match now. Rick and Reed Flair versus Dave Flair and Vince Russo. Oh, great! Reed double legs Russo and spears him, but in the end, Russo pins Reed with Dave having him in the figure four. More shite. Yep. Oh dear, ego boosting at its highest. Oh yeah, this has been through so basically fantasy booking himself. It's it's very bog basic fan fiction. Without all the uh, naughty sex stuff in it, yeah, it's it's Russo just living out his fantasies via the medium of a, a sixty million uh, dollar losing company. Uh, yeah, June fifth, two thousand nitro. Thankfully, thirty first of May night uh, thunder. Not much happened. Um, no. So June fifth, two thousand nitro. Tory Wilson low blows Kidman during a loss to GI Bro. A bit, mm-hmm. a bit of like uh, marital troubles between the two. And don't forget, kids, uh, this is Kidman who's going to retire Hulk Hogan this Sunday on pay-per-view. Yes. How can you take him seriously? Yeah, no. Awful booking. WCW hardcore title match now. If no one else can beat him, I'm going to beat him. It's Eric Bischoff versus Terry Funk. <laughs> Um, and the finish of this match is the Marmalukes help Eric Bischoff to become the new WCW hardcore champion. Yeah. Nice motherfucker. Mm. Yeah, I'll say only the second worst title change of this year so far. I I did like that, because if I remember rightly, this was the one where the the match started when they buggered off and then Nitro continued as normal and went back to match later on. I, I did quite like that, in all fairness. Yeah. But, yeah. Then Eric Bischoff becomes champion, pinning Terry Funk. Great. Goldberg's return match now against Tank Abbott. Uh, the mm. match that they've been building for months and months and months. Since, since April 10th, at very least. Yeah, yeah. From that opening night. Ends in four minutes. I've actually got the match time in front of me. It's even worse than that. It's two minutes 15. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in, during this, Rick gets involved. Nash helps Bill. Jack Hammer, one, two, three. Bill wins. Yeah. I mean, this is the same tank I've got pinned by David Arquette last month. There was 
there was no way this was going longer than three minutes. This was just wrapping up a sort of thing that I'd started and felt compelled to finish. Yeah. Um, shite. Shite. The main event on this show was Jeff Jarrett versus Sting. Um, presumably, people thought this was for the WCW title, but it wasn't as... Um, Sting rolls up Jarrett uh, to win the match, but Bischoff um, says on the mic um, he didn't say this was a title match. So right. Major Champion looked fucking silly again. Yeah. Awful. Just everything about it, awful. Yeah. So, oh, no, actually, this was like the uh, first half main event. It was event, the first so half main event yeah. in all fairness. So, yeah, I was, I was about to say we've still got. Quite a, a bit, bit more. Yeah. So Mike Orson turns up. He's uh, on the network. He's got his old ECW theme on. You know, awesome is his name. Mm. Uh, so so we have Kimberly and Mike Awesome versus DDP and Stacy Keebler. Yeah. Um, which ends with Awesome being distracted by Keebler's show of a leg. And he gets diamond cutted by Paige. Um, crowd were hot for this, but you can see Awesome now dropping down the car despite being his hottest three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I'll say this is a massive slide down the card. A cage match now. Battle of the Hogans once again. It's Hollywood Hogan. This mm. is Horace Hogan. Um Hulk, Hulk leg drops Horace with a chair, wins easy. Kidman tries to attack, but he's sent packing once again through a table. Yeah, you mean the same Kidman got pinned by GI Bro earlier on in the show? Yes, that yeah. kid who's ready to retire, Hulk Hogan. I'm, I'm, I'm like hundred percent certain Billy Kidman's going to win on Sunday. He must do. Odds on. Oh yeah. He took, took all this crow, and then he's going to win on Sunday. <laughs> Anyway, another, that's not even the same. That's not even the uh, only cage match of his show. We've got another double cage match. I'm sure we had one of these last month as well. I think we did. Um, this is another cage match with Vince Russo versus the Nature Boy Ric Flair, which includes Vince Russo living out his best Mankind Undertaker fantasies and fighting on the top of the cage with Ric Flair. Yeah. Um. Which, well, Russo gets chucked down the hall and then obviously the ladder gets positioned to get Flair down. Mm-hmm. But while, Vin, while uh, Flair has Russo in the uh, figure four leg lock, what's that coming down from the ceiling? Oh, it's um, time of the month again. It's the old period <laughs> blood. It uh, is the red liquid, as they called it. The led, they're, not liquid, yeah. call, they're not allowed to call it the B word. It's the red liquid that instantly knocks out Ric Flair, but no one else. Yeah, even though it's, it near enough lands on Russo as well. And he's oh, not it, it, it splatters everyone. Yeah, yeah. That's oh. how I'm just I'm just scanning through the DDT digest, uh, you know, uh, summers I was going through, and you can see the picture. Everyone gets soaked in it, but only Ric Flair is unconscious as a result. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, fucking this isn't even main event either. Jesus Christ. No. D- David, oh. St- David sticks Rick in the figure four. Russo gets on top of Flair and wins, pinning mm. Rick 
Flair, your WCW champion of as of a week and a bit ago. Yep. Absolute shite. Again. Mm. Oh God, this episode doesn't end. I know. It's Wardlow. Oh, I mean Kevin Nash. <laughs> Versus the New Blood Gauntlet with three minutes left in the programme. Mm. Um, fucking hell. Kevin Nash pins five of, the, five of them with ease till the New Blood get on top. But then Goldberg saves him. The, the, very similar pinning positions to what Wardlow had the um, security on AEW. Like. Yep. Um, I think, I mean, I've not seen that Wardlow match yet, but here, the main distinction is that I think Wardlow, he stacked them, so he was pinning them, wasn't he? And it, it was all at the same time. Here, uh, a slick Mac Johnson was basically pinning anyone that had their shoulders to Matt but weren't actually being pinned. If if you were laying, if you were lied down, uh, you were uh, technically in a pinning position according to the rules of this match. Yeah. Fucking daft. Absolute daft. Anyway, um, next up, WCW Thunder, 7th of June 2000. Thankfully, only one thing happened on here, which was Chavo Guerrero pinning Disco Inferno to beat him and Daphne to win the Cruiserweight title. Yep. There you go. That'll, that'll do. That nothing else happened of any note. Fucking hell, that was a long, long, long... I don't like, bear, bear in mind, most of these feel like four episodes in happening one episode. I mean, we've had to cover about ten of them. It's like literally yeah. 40, 40 episodes of TV here, it feels like. How, how do you think I felt watching? <laughs> no, no. You know, I've, obviously, I've seen them all before myself, but good grief, how did I watch this back in the day? Exhausting, yeah. just reading about it. Well, we've got the pay-per-view now. Oh, good. (laughs) Great American Bash pay-per-view. June 11, 2000. Two hours, 43 minutes and 46 seconds. See how our ratings uh, differentiate this time, Christopher. This should be interesting. I've got to note down my ratings, so I'm going to just get a feel for this one. But I think I'm going to end up quite harsh again. Yes. Um, as we go into the first match up here, which was Chavo Guerrero, Lieutenant Loco versus Disco Inferno. One mm. of my question marks here was fucking pops. Yeah. Um, so I think I can't remember if he actually appeared on the Nitro's of Funders before this, but this was a dropped angle from the Autumn Night Night Nine Russo era. Yeah. Where Hugh Morris had an old grandpa for some reason, and now he's back here inexplicably. I think the commentary do the commentary do say like he does turn up. He did turn up before, didn't he? Yeah, but but like I said, this not even Russo Bischoff here, and suddenly his grandpa, dad, pops, whatever it was called. Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, but then also now. Uh, I mean, we must have skipped over because it was just so much to get through. But now, Disco Inferno's were for filthy animals, which is such yeah, a yeah, yeah. weird fit. I mean, I mean, I, no, I mean, I, I know it's like sort of part of a joke in all fairness, but you know, such an odd fit into that group. What What did you think of this match, Enio? Um, I didn't think it was very good. 
I, th- I think the uh, the main thing I think about was what would have, what would this this match have looked like if it was in like night ninety eight WCW? You know when the wrestling actually still somewhat mattered. Would have been half decent. I, I think it would have been half decent, but they've basically the way this show is now. They've just been told, and they're probably more happy for it because it's less bumps to take. They've just been told to punch and kick each other and basically wait for all the bullshit at the end of a match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, then jobs are good. And so here, they're just basically flopping around a bit until the match is over. And it's not great in all fairness. Um, completely fucks for finish as well, but as well, don't they? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, one of my notes here is just too much going on on the outside to concentrate what was happening. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's there's the stuff with pops where fucking major guns has to revive him. I, one of my notes is uh, it's like Russo's been watching Carry On films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has actually. Yeah, it's Barbara basically snogging fucking Sid. Yeah, they discover this like amazing British import of Carry On films. Yeah, um, just say about, yeah, just go back to the finish. So this is one where, and it seems, it feels like this happens every single month with a Cruiserweight title match. So the referee's got his back turned for, and everyone interferes in the match. So like in comes Hoovy to do his like a side rush and leg sweep or something like that. And in comes like one of the misfits in action. Like here comes like Lash LaRue or something like that. This time though, if you notice, um, can't remember who it was, so, but they like for MIA, they come in and take out Disco definitively, you know, gets pinned. But the referee turns around too early and basically sees him. Mm. And but the referee's just like, oh, fuck, it, I'm just going to pin this. I'm just going to pin and get this match over and done with anyway. So badly put together. Yeah. So it ends with um, Chavo winning with uh, Lash LaRue's help. And um, what, what, Mark, would you go on yeah. this one, Chris? One and a half. 1.25. Oh, okay. Around the same place here. Fair yeah, enough. It wasn't good. Was not no, good. No, it wasn't. No. And it was more background noise uh, towards Major Guns getting the tits out and uh, kissing an old man. Yeah. It was like the wrestling didn't matter. It was all the fluff around it. Correct. Yeah. I think the match itself, it wouldn't surprise me if the match actually went four minutes. But the segment was 15. Mm. To just show you where, where we're at with it. Yeah. Um, second match now, Marmalukes, um, who are now the hardcore champions, Eric Bischoff just passed them the title, so hey, you can have this. Yeah. There you go. Uh, versus Chronic, um, Brian Adams and uh, Brian Clark. Uh, we have Brian Adams actually in um, an F5 onto Vito during this, uh, but Adams yeah, yeah. the innovator of offense. He is, yeah, yeah. It is all right. We did and have then, a couple um, of decent moves between them, Chronic did, in all fairness to him. Yeah. Uh, well, with the F5, he like dropped him on his head and like the, the commentator's like, what the fuck with that? Yeah, yeah. You'll find it's the most innovative move in wrestling in the next 20 years. <laughs> Every fucker <laughs> starts doing an F5 if they're not doing a Canadian Destroyer. Just you watch. Fucking um, John Moxley did an RKO this week on Rampage. Did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but it, it ends with like um, the high times on Johnny the Bull and uh, yeah. Chronic win while Vito is polishing his belt. And there's a bit of dissension over the who's, whose belt is it out of the mouth. Yeah, no. The, the finish was really weak here again. It's just like Vito just suddenly decided, yeah, I'm going to fuck off this match and polish my belt instead. 
for no rhyme or reason or anything like that. I mean, they're doing dissension with the Mamelukes, but yeah, it just comes out of nowhere and it's just really badly put together again. But before Not that, bad. though, sorry, before that, though, match was all right, actually. Yeah, no, it, it, it was fine. It, yeah, considering on paper it didn't look great, it, it was solid enough uh, for me at a side two star match. 1.75. Oh, am I going to be a generous one this month? Well, you might you might be. That's yeah, a quarter yeah. of the star in your favour after two matches. I know. Here we go. Match number three. Nino, 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 <laughs> Nino. <laughs> Oh, hopefully for last of these ever. It's another ambulance match. Fucking hell. When will it end? I don't think it is the last one. I think there's him and... Isn't it Canyon and Mike Awesome and New Blood Rising in an ambulance match? There might be. There probably is. It, well, this match anyway. It's Mike Awesome versus Diamond Dallas Page. Mm. I will say... Out of the ten matches on this show, this is fucking hell. I think it's my highest rated match. Uh, I'm just going to have a look. Yeah, I think it's mine as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wrestling's not bad in this in this one, between I mean, the two. I think they had a similar scuffle before, like, they, like a month or so ago, which were really good yeah I'm, I'm sure we talked about a random match we had a nitro before the bloody ambulances got involved that was actually really decent and again in all fairness like DDP's always been a good wrestler so has Mike Awesome and they, they did bring it here it's it's a really solid match up here but again it's just the, the ending of it it's just shite or, or, or everything that leads up to the ending as well yeah they, they have the um, interference from Kimberly. Miss yeah. Hancock gets involved. He's actually sprinting in heels. Fucking well mm. done. Yeah. Some, oh. training, some training that to sprint in heels. Not that I know of it, because yeah. I don't have as many size 14 heels going around in, yeah. in the shops of Rochdale. No, I forgot as well, just because you know we can't get a fill of tables enough either. Mike Orson puts DDP for a table at one point with the awesome bomb. He does. You know, like, basically he's finished, but DDP's up within a minute. And, yeah. Oh, uh, another thing I want to talk about as well is the uh, lead pipe that Kimberly comes out with. Yes. I, I've, I've I've seen less bending that in a copper. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like a bloody Hacksaw Jim Duggan classic with his two-by-four, like, bends in the middle on contacts. It, yeah. it, it almost wrapped around his buddy back and tickled his stomach, that lead pipe did. <laughs> it did. They had, they, had, they had all the weapons back in them days. Um, mm. So with this, it, the, the action goes up to the stage and uh, Bischoff comes out. But it's just a, distract, a, a distraction as Canyon in his halo takes off his halo and then hits Paige with the... Um, Diamond Cutter off the stage and reveals a new blood t-shirt. Swerve. Yeah. Oh, oh well, Eric Bischoff's music keeps playing in the background. This it's a weirdly produced bit. It, it feels it, it's weirdly chaotic in that mm-hmm. this music's playing. I, I, I get the feeling they missed at least two camera cues as well. Just the way it was so haphazard, you just didn't have the time to process 
that candidate even got up from his wheelchair. Never mind, you know, the fact that Vince was DDP. It's just, yeah, it's just weird. All around, I'm not even sure any other way of describing this one, in all fairness. Um, awesome ends up putting Paige in the ambulance, and uh, there you go. Awesome wins an ambulance match. I know, makes DDP look like absolute shit, doesn't he? He can't even beat Mike Awesome in an ambulance match. What a jobber. What what rating will go on this? Uh, I'll go uh, two and a half on this one. Two and a half, yeah. Same, yeah, same there we go, yeah. Uh, we're finally on the same wavelength here. We are. It's only took six months. <laughs> <laughs> Fourth match now. Then now I'll be interested to see where you lay on this one. Boot camp uh, match. I was thinking the same thing about you. With uh, GI bro, don't call me Booker. Uh, yep. This is meat. So, Sean Stasiak. <sighs> I'm. So I'm going to ask you a question here. You know, you've got to guess. Yeah. How long did this match go on for? Right, I know. I remember you saying like last month that fucking New Blood Millionaires Club Rumble was like the longest match during the Russo Bischoff era, wasn't oh, yeah. it? Well, well remembered, yeah, yeah. Now this one, I, w- I was honestly totally surprised. It's like fucking surely this must have been the longest. I, I would have said twelve minutes and fifty three seconds. Oh, okay. Close, 13 minutes 58. Oh, now Scott Hudson on commentary at one point says that they went, uh, was it 25 minutes? Fucking felt it. And I think Scott Hudson gave a game away there. Yeah, fuck me. This is the dullest match I've seen in a long time. Yeah, yeah. The um, I mean, and I don't think it's GI Bro's fault either, let's be honest. Yeah, no, one of my notes here is it's, it's getting the boring chance and I don't blame them. This is Dragon yeah. basically because Meat's on top. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Meat, you know, puts on the sleeper hold and all that lot and there's just a bit of brawling and, yeah, because it's a boot camp match as well. I'm not, I can't remember if we said that. So it's it's a last man standing match for intense purposes too. Yeah. And then, and again, the, the finish on this is... Awful. Like some some of the worst finishes, even for WCW two thousand, were all contained on this one show. Because they have this grueling in the wrong sense of the word Iron Man match, basically. And then in comes Chuck Palumbo with his fucking Lex Flexer. And then it makes me wonder why he didn't come down after three minutes to achieve the same thing, which is basically he fucks up. He gets knocked out by the Lex Flexer himself, then GI Pro uses it on Sean Stasiak to get the win and it's like but why did we have to get to 13 minutes 13 minutes 58 to get to this point yeah it's yeah. Um, second longest match on the card as well for some reason bizarre but yeah I think they wanted this to be the work rate try and really put Booker T over as like the workhorse put, sort even, of thing even put like try and like say oh Sean Stasiak had a good match didn't work. No. Booker T was a good wrestler, but he's not a fucking miracle worker. I think I legitimately think Ric Flair would have struggled to get a good match out of Sean Stasiak. You know how they always say Ric Flair could get four stars out of a broom. I don't mm. think he could have done with Sean Stasiak. No. 
Um, so, what rating on this? I mean, I do, uh, I do want to reward it because it went long. I don't think I can. Um, one and a half again. I was originally thinking two, but I, I, just because it went long, it doesn't mean it deserves the extra half star. I went one, 1.25 on it. Oh, okay. It was boring. Again, I'm, 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 I'm being generous here. For, if, it's fair enough, really. It's one of those where there's nothing, active, apart from the finish, there's nothing actively wrong with the match, but there's just no chemistry here, what, there whatsoever. And as a result, it's just shite, basically. Fifth match now. Uh, tables mm. match, if you're not oh, for them. God. Five, best of Both of them. First to go through five tables loses between Shane Douglas and the wall, brother. Ah, did do you notice how they changed that phrasing halfway through as well? Yeah. So Shane Douglas clearly says the first to go through five tables loses. And then someone gets in like the headset and to Shivani and Hudson go, no shit, it's best of five. We haven't got enough tables stacked over. It's best of five, best of five. Yeah. <sighs> Um, so with this one actually uh, Douglas wins after um, brass knuckling the wall through three tables off a ladder yeah. the wall loses I mean, his speciality match again and um, ends with like well Slick Johnson getting to choke slam through a table by the wall for his troubles after the match but all over the shop once again Christopher I absolutely hated this match because first of all, it's just basically them walking around, stumbling, and then Shane Douglas gets put through two tables, and we don't even make an effort with those two bumps to look impressive. It's just like Wall, like literally at one point, just goes, whoop, just hoists him up and throws him through a table without any effort. And so, I mean, in in sort of matches like this before, where there's quite clearly a setup, like Shane Douglas, the idea is he he's setting up the wall because he's pre-planned to have these tables stacked up with a ladder right there ready. And normally, if you book this a bit better, you find a way to get over there by pure coincidence. Mm. And then, oh, look, the wall's been set up. You know, Shane Douglas has led him. Here, Shane Douglas just basically keeps walking backwards, going to the wall. Come on, come and get me. And, like, the wall just walks with him. They don't even punch each other for about a minute as they go back towards, like, the stage area. Uh, And then there's, but lo and behold, there's a ladder and there's, there's four tables there. Two of them aren't visible, by the way. Two of them being put onto, under a black cover. I mm. assume hold them together so they don't fall apart like claps apart. I think that's just a safety thing, in all fairness to him. But like then Shane Douglas gets up the advantageous side of the ladder and the wall just goes, oh, OK, I'm just going to climb up the side of the ladder. That makes me clearly vulnerable. He's a fucking <laughs> idiot. No wonder he never wins at a table match. What a tool. What a t- <laughs> What 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 rating will we give this one, Chris? Then half a star. Oh, I I I I actually got angry at the way they got to that those stack of tables. I'm gonna go here one point two five. No, 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 no. Oh, honestly, I, I was trying to weigh up between this and GI Brawls match, like thinking. How do I rate this? Because the last one was boring as. Yeah, I, I know Twitter has proven that wrestlers have the biggest set of fucking idiots in the world, but God, that's some idiocy. If that's some stupidity, it really is. Oh. 
As you can tell, uh, listeners, we we were losing the will to live during this pay per view. Yeah, this is not a good pay per view. If for my money, this could be the second worst pay per view we'll watch all year. Yeah, uh, match six now. Twenty-five <laughs> <laughs> oh, birdcage match. Fucking hell! It's Scott Steiner versus UFC legend, Ultimate Fighter, Tank Abbott. Rick Rick Steiner's added to the match to make it two on one. Will Scott Correct. Steiner overcome the odds? Yes, he does in about three minutes. He does. <laughs> <laughs> As um. Tank hits Rick by accident with a chain because uh, Rick wanted to protect his brother for some reason. Um, uh, yeah, suddenly after turning on him and all that lot. Nope, don't get it. And then uh, yeah, Tank submits to the recliner for the uh, for the loss uh, to Mister Steiner. What do you think of this matchup then, uh, Chris? Of what what it was? Well, it's better than the last match. Half a star. I, I literally have nothing else to say about this match. The cage looks fucking stupid. And <laughs> Tank Abbott and Rick Stein look fucking stupid. The end. 1.25 again. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. As we move on to the second best match of the night, it's match <laughs> number seven. Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus Billy Kidman with the special referee... The one and only can't keep away Horace Hogan. Mm. So with this one, um, it's general, like similar to the matches before. That they've had a lot, lot of walk and brawl around the around the ringside area, but the crowd are into it. Can't they yeah. that Hogan's matches are boring? No, you can't. I mean, I think it's one of those where Vince Russo was quite wrong about trying to move on from Hulk Hogan because at this point it's the only one that's that anyone really gives a shit about yeah old Stone Cold Terry yeah yeah and, and again that Stone Cold Steve Austin gimmick was working really well for him I, I reckon as well just shameless feuding with someone like Billy Kidman instead of someone worthwhile like Scott Steiner no, like, like, like he should have been feuding with Scott Steiner you know to me it made sense two big muscular blokes uh, with, with tempers with bleached blonde hair well mostly for Hulk um yeah, instead, three months feuding with Kidman, who suddenly, after this month, is in the Filthy Animals full-time and fighting Viagra on a pole matches. So, there you go. Um, question for you. Uh, the Filthy Animals entrance, did you ever like it? Like the old boy band entrance? Oh, with a silhouette? Yeah. I thought it was fucking cool, to be fair. No, I, 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 no, I, I always thought in terms of entrances, it's... Because WCW weren't really known for decent entrances, were they? And that oh. was a very rare one where, yeah, I thought it was great. Should have done more of that, in all fairness. Because I always remember, like, Vampiro's entrance where a little puff of smoke went off at the back of him. It was oh, a bit yeah. like that. Um, you know, the video to Pure and Simple by Hearsay, where it looked like there were lighting <laughs> parts in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was going to say, it looks like one of mine when I've had too much bloody kebab or something like that. Yeah. Whatever you do, I'm going to be there. Yeah. And, the uh, just, and a little firework just goes all like, like that or something. <laughs> all that noise they make on Norway SW Review when Abyss is doing his like... <laughs> that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, anyhow, what do you think of this match, Chris? 
again, you know, Holly, Hogan's had a decent year, but it's all been two or two and a half star matches. I, I thought this was entertaining enough. I think Hovison, the Hovison Tory bullshit sort of really pulled it down a level versus some of his other matches he's had. But again, this was entertaining enough in a pay per view that really needed some entertainment. So I've got no real qualms about this one. Again, yeah. sta- standard Hogan match, standard attitude era Hogan match, as in now he's using tables more, he's using his belt a lot more. It's not just like kicking, punching, big big boot, leg drop sort of thing. Because mm. he doesn't even do the leg drop this time, does he? He just basically benefits from a nook shot from um, from Harvest to Kidman. But... So but yeah. it, saves, it saves his back, doesn't it? It does, Doing that yeah. leg drop all the time. Mm. Um, what, what mark did you go on it, Chris? Uh, I went two stars on this one. Um, 2.25 I went on it. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought, turning, I thought, you're getting I thought again. it was the second best match of the night after uh, Awesome and DDP in that fucking uh, stretcher match. Yeah, that, that's a pretty accurate statement. Well, if you thought that was the second best match of the night, let's get on to some of the absolute dog shit. <laughs> uh, fuck me. Um, eighth match, anyway. Mm. Possible retirement on the line for Ric Flair as he faces his son, the less athletic yeah. son. Oh, uh, yeah. We've got to mention Hogan hasn't retired because he won. Hooray. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hogan's career was on the line. He got to hug Horace as well. It, yeah. Yeah. That was definitely an effective gimmick, a uh, stipulation. And here's Ric Flair about to retire as well to fucking. David Flair, a man even worse than Eric Watts. Sure, okay, that's definitely going to happen. Did Eric Watts ever work Grimsby All Star? No, he didn't actually. I'm I'm just trying to think now. No, I don't think he, he ever did that sort of thing. Should have done. Well, I'll put some. Should have done. Yeah, I'll put some hair on his chest. Ripper eyes, fucking Techno Team Two Thousand. Yes, now we're talking. Anyway, um, with this match, uh, Ric Flair ends up winning with the uh, figure four, despite Russo handcuffing Ric earlier in the match, but the Flair family get involved, including including Charlotte Ashley, who cuffs Russo, and mm. he starts saying, you fucking bitch, bro. Yeah, she's like, he's like, you bitch, you bitch, you bitch, and I'm just thinking, yeah, you clued in like your mother, did you? No, a um, little bitch. I mean, I, I, it's quite funny we've gone straight to that because all I remember about this match is all the bloody extracurricular activities involving Vince Russo, handcuffs and the flares inside of him. It's just basically, I know, <laughs> a year we're back to the sexy house of pain again. Bring, bring down the sex dungeon. Yeah, I mean, for, for, for the match itself, there was nothing going on. Again, another shite finish. Uh, it was just a fig fart of nowhere, and no one even thought I'd be the finish, and David Flair submitted. The crowd popped for it, but I think it was just more relief of, oh, thank God, this is over. I don't mm. have to watch David Flair wrestle anymore. Yeah. What did we go on it? Uh, about one and a quarter on it. One and a half. Oh, okay. On. Yeah, but I say you're getting more generous towards the main event bit. Ooh, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. Um, it, it, I thought there was a bit of entertainment in in it, but you know, like attitude era style bloody stuff. But yeah, it was all right. Mm. The, it, all right, one and a half stars in this fucking era. Mm-hmm. 
It's it's basically well comparing it to the next match. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart. Comparing this match to the fucking match number I'm, nine. I'm looking forward to talk about this because I think I'm going to be slightly controversial on this one. Match number nine now, part fifty-one of the Vampiro Sting feud. It's the Human Torch match slash Infernal match slash. It's a candle on a stick. Yes, can, candle on a stick on a pole. Yeah, on a Titan Tron. Um, you can tell Sting's gonna be set alight because he's absolutely pissing water, weren't he? He's he was, yeah, and he's wearing a shirt as well when he normally yeah. doesn't. Yeah, that was a dead giveaway right away. At least, well, yeah. So it was obvious he was gonna win. Uh, this match, Chris. Um, let's see your controversial take. I mean. For starters, they clearly wrote themselves into a corner because they basically made it out like someone's going to be set on fire. Um, I mean, I mentioned it earlier on. They should have had... If they wanted to set someone on fire, it should have been a normal... I say normal. They should have had it set up like an Inferno match, you know, Mm -hmm. like Undertaker and Kane had. So, you know, they could have had a way out. I know it wouldn't have been as impressive just things setting his hand on fire and all that lot. Yeah. So... Yeah, so they wrote themselves into corner. Someone has to get set on fire. And then for some reason, they've decided to go for this idea of... I mean, I guess to mask that isn't Sting being set on fire, obviously they've done it on top of a Titan Tron. Now, for what they did, while I think the lighting bit was a bit hokey, mm. but in terms of a natural stunt, I thought it was a really effective stunt. Yeah, I actually thought they did it really well. It is literal smoke and mirror stuff. But for what they wanted to achieve, they did a good job. Now, why you want to achieve this on a wrestling show, I've got no idea. But in terms of a one-off little stunt they did, I, I, I thought, you know, you have a visual of like Sting being set on fire, like having to jump off Titan trying to save himself. And at least uh, him diving down on the boxes below worked a lot better than when Jericho got shoved off the blood and guts cage and into the cardboard boxes. It looked better than that. So I've actually got no complaints about the way the stunt went down. Is this is this like the? I think this is maybe the third time in the space of a month and a half where they've done a someone getting chucked off a high ledge. So they you have, had crowbar, yes. crowbar, yeah. canyon, sting, and now this, yeah. This is a thing, and it's why, in hindsight, Crowbar's stun doesn't seem so impressive, because at the time, it works really well as a visual. Well, they treat, the, the commentators treated that like he died. Yeah, they did the Owen Hart voice and everything like that, but that yeah. was only from 15 foot. Then suddenly, two months later, Canyon's been chucked off 25 foot, and now here, Sting, in quotation marks, is uh, falling from 50 foot on mm. fire. Um, so, yeah, basically, in terms of escalating things i think we've got to the as much of an escalation they could ever dream of but yeah um this wasn't a match in my opinion no hence why my really controversial thing is i'm not giving it a rating oh i i i i don't count this as a match really i mean it was i mean the bell rung and all that lot but i don't think that was the point of a match it wasn't a wrestling match when when they actually went up top onto the on the state on the like the like the Titan Tron thing, and when there was a uh, fucking flickering lights, 
thunder yeah. going off, thunder, thunder sound effects. Yeah. I think, think from the actual WCW Thunder sound effects that were used for the old uh, name cards. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, uh, one thing I will say, they needed to have those flashing lights up there to begin with. Mm. I think I think I could hear the crowd groaning a bit. Oh, we'll, we'll mention the crowd in a minute. Um, the, the crowd sort of groaned a bit because it was obvious what we're doing. But if, if that had been the setup to begin with, that was the zone where it was all flashing off a lot. I think it would have been a lot more acceptable. But yeah, just say the crowd would was silent for this one, and yeah. Mark Madden tried to sell this as like a really good thing. But I think, you know, oh, they don't want to see anyone set on fire now. But I think it was just a case of them thinking, what the fuck's going on here? This this was like I think this is the first jump the shark moment, and and we got another jump the shark moment in in the main. Yeah, event. yeah, yeah. So if anything in the history of WWE, this probably did more damage from David Arquette winning the title mm. in terms of well we've done that now you know what else is there to do you've yeah. done the most ridiculous thing you could think of it's, it's like the game's up here um, yeah yeah so like, like Sting gets set alight and then jump, gets just jumps off or, yeah. or he's a stunt double does stunt yes. Steve um, <laughs> hey you don't know he might have been like Tom Cruise does his own stunts I mean, you could see the guy was short and noticeably a bit thicker than him. Uh, yeah, definitely a stunt of all this time. Um, my rating for this was 0.25. I That's the lowest, lowest you can go on, on grapple. I, I can see why. If I had to rate it, I'd probably go there, but I don't. I, I just can't rate this one. I don't think it constitutes a match. No. Um Match 10, final match, thank God. Um, Jeff Jarrett versus Kevin Nash for the WCW title. This is where Ernest the Cat Miller announces the filthy animals have special roles for the evening. <sighs> the uh, the cat is the special referee. Um, so doing the, um, was it over the edge 98, was it? Yeah, where Pat uh, Patterson was the time. Yeah, no, that lot. Was... Yeah, but instead of like established... Um, enemies, you know, and uh, Vince McMahon's soldiers just randomly. Here are the jabronis that lost in the opening match of the night to Misfits in action. Now they're somehow going to influence Kevin Nash losing this match. Yeah, mm. sure, okay. It's it's Vince who's so burnt out, digging up old ideas, copy and paste, uh, doing your homework two minutes before it's due, sort of thing. Bollocks. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett special of a match again. Mm. Like walk and brawl, ref bumps, guitar shots, shitloads of interference, shitloads of interference, loads of shit going on on the outside. I wanted to chuck the telly out the fucking win. Yeah, if this was not <laughs> a good match at all, um, somehow Joe and Nash had a better match in TNA one time. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, and again. And bear in mind, this is a long match as well. This match went 70 minutes 22. It's up there in terms of the longest matches of the year. Yeah. And, yeah, not great. And, again, it's all just background noise because there's so much interference in the Like You don't remember a single thing that happens in the ring. Not really. Can you name me a spot from the match that didn't involve someone else? You know, like, between Jarrett and Nash, anything that they did? No. No. Nothing on my notes. No, it's the same here. I think 
someone did for stroke, someone did for jetknife powerbomb, probably. But I, I couldn't remember. And I only watched this one Friday. So I, I've got, I can't remember a single thing that didn't involve outside interference. So let's go straight to Goldberg, shall we? Yeah, so um, Goldberg comes in. Whose side is he on? <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, Nash is up, Jarrett's up, Goldberg in spear position. Uh, I say in spear he's... position, in a spear position where he's quite clearly going to go for Kevin Nash, he doesn't even try and hide the fact. Again, badly laid out, you know, who was doing like production meetings and all that lot, you know, fucking hell. We need to direct yeah. these people a lot better. Yeah, so it ended up with um, Goldberg spearing Kevin Nash. The fix was in. Out comes Bischoff and Rue. So, yeah. Um, but well, well after this, well he chucks Jarrett on top for the victory. Russo and Bischoff come out, and then um, the big hug between the Teletubbies. <laughs> uh, oh, indeed. Yeah. Um, crowd fucking hate it. Yeah, because it was like one of the two last things to actually cheer for, and it immediately got taken away from them. Nobody wanted to boo Goldberg, you know. Yeah. Um, what did we go on the uh, final rating for this match, uh, Chris? Uh, just a star on this one. One and a half. Yeah, yeah. Not not yeah. good at all. No, it's just a ceiling for yeah. Jeff Jarrett matches in WCW a lot. Of yeah, and, and, and again, you want to go on about... A directionless WCW already at this point. Jarrett Nash is such a main event where it's just like it's filler. You know, no one's excited by the prospect of Jarrett versus Nash, so you wouldn't put it on in the first place. And here it is, going 18 minutes at Great American Bash. It's something that they were built. They were building in the book in February, February, March, weren't it? Well, they did, yeah. Under like guys of all the NWOs all splitting up and all that shit, but not great. Really not great. So there you go, listeners. That's the end of the Great American Bash. Mm. God help us. God help us all. Yeah. One of the worst shot, worst pay per views I've ever seen. For my money, it's worse than the Super Bowl and Censored 2000, where always gets a lot of shit. Mm. Worse than that. Because yeah. at least there were actually a couple of highlights on both of those cards. This is just a miserable show throughout. You know, it, all, all the finishes are absolutely fucking terrible. Badly executed. It's not a clean finish. It's not a clean what? finish. I couldn't name you a single, you know, rescuing sort of move that happened in, in, in a lot of these. It's just, it's just absolute rubbish. And I don't actually remember this show being as bad as it is, but this is terrible. This is like a, this is an old time, a bad show, and yet it never gets talked about in the same way New Blood Rising gets talked in. about. Yeah, yeah. But this is, you know, I, I seem to remember Bash at Beach 2000 being better than this, and and all the other ones that get slagged off. This is an, this is one of the worst pay views I've ever seen in all fairness, and I can't yeah. believe I can't believe it. Yeah. Um. There you go. Um, next time it's uh, it's the old Hogan angle. Yeah, yeah. Bash at the beach. Can't wait. At least it's at least something notable happens about pay per view. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. This is why the company's in this shit. It already is. <laughs> he must have watched back for Great American Bash on the replay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Cheers for listening, everyone. Um, Chris, you any plugs, mate? Uh, I do indeed. It's a double podcast day for me because a new episode of Cinematry has just been released looking out for classic 2010 film Piranha 3D. Is that the one with Kelly Brook in? Correct, yes. Yeah, it's bad. Mm, Listen to the episode and you'll see how I actually disagree. If you you haven't had enough uh, tits in this episode between Pamela Porshock, Major Guns, Tori Wilson and all the rest of them, then you'll bloody love Piranha 3D. So uh, it's on available on Netflix as well if you want to watch it. So watch that and give our episode a listen. Great stuff. Um, can you follow you on Twitter as well? Oh yeah, if, if you want to for some reason, follow me at Frilson or on the old Twitter gimmick. I know. I know you have put all your shit posts back up again. I, I, I had a good listen to fucking uh, Seal. I know. I know. Actually, I was just watching film and just saw that. I thought, oh no, I'm going to put a few of these back up. Um, if I suddenly go quiet, then uh, Seal's management team have put a copyright infringement claim on me again, which happened oh, back on the... Did they do that? On the Kids Swell days, yeah, I got um, shadow banned uh, for at least a week. And and all those videos, you know, because I did like 10 of them, like Earth yeah. Song and uh, Cordio and all that. Like, yeah, um, I, I went a whole week where I couldn't actually really post anything. Oh, oh yeah. on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, I, I got shadow banned because of the copyright infringement, so... Fucking hell! Yeah, no. Da 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 go and listen uh, listen to uh, Cinema Tree and go and follow Chris on um, on Twitter. Follow us at uh, GCP Podcast One. Follow me at Oggy Part Three. Uh, where can you listen to me? Well, um, just on the podcast with the one and only Kieran Lafort about. Um, Ring of Honor fifth year festival and day one. Um, that's the one with Joel McGuinness on Dying Shingle versus Briscoe's, which is a fucking great match, and uh, Pack versus Roderick Strong. Well worth watching for the tag match and Pack and Roderick Strong. So uh, me and Kieran talk about that. And there's also his views on uh, Lash Legend versus Myla Grace, which is a, a match from NXT UK that probably shouldn't have been aired. Well, I'm glad he. I'm glad he got to watch some shit. So I was just getting quite jealous that Kieran got to watch, uh, got to watch actual wrestling. Yeah, well, I, I had this. Well, to be honest, he, he, he did watch um, a, a show that he's never heard of before. He, ne- he never knew about this Ring of Honor show. Oh, had he not? No, even though he oh. was in like wrestling at the time. I was going to say it was another one in Liverpool, wasn't it? I'm surprised he wasn't was. there, front and centre with his camera. Yeah. No, he he wasn't he wasn't filming the show, which is a, mm. a rarity for that event. Um, so listen on there, and also listen to us on the uh, last proper episode of the British Wrestling Experience with uh, Martin Benno, Jamesy, and uh, Ollie. Um, it's a good listen. Yeah, it's sad to hear that's gone and all that lot. Yeah, that's who shame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, so when are you getting your own show on post wrestling then? Ah, oh, well, uh, I do. Well, I'll have to go to, onto the higher ups there. But yeah, another, another, <laughs> another podcast this year which have uh, which has uh, died on us. So uh, that's I'm probably probably going for the trifecta when I, I was, <laughs> call, 
call someone on here. Oh no. You're like the Black Widow of Ritvest Podcasting. <laughs> Just won't fucking go away, will I? Um, uh, but yeah, that now there you go. You can listen to that. Uh, we have got, I think, live reviews coming up from Red Pro in Sheffield and Summer Sizzler mm. on the horizon, and also BWR in uh, Cleethorpes in a couple of weeks, which um, it's near enough sold out. Two tickets left for Kip Sabian, Mr. Box. He's a draw. But you the last show had about 50 unsold tickets. This time it's sold out with about three weeks left to go. So, yeah. yeah. Good, good on BWR. Mm. Take us to the promised land. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you can listen to us all, all on that. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's been a GCP. Cheers, Chris. Thank you very much. Bye. The cho- cho- chosen one. <laughs>